welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. My name is Daniel Dobb, joined by Field Yates and Stefania Bell. Fantasy Focus Football is presented by GEICO. Insurance can be hard. That's why GEICO makes it easy. With 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app, it is easy to GEICO. Field Yates, it feels like you and I have not done a show together in a millennia. It is great to see your face today. How you doing, buddy? I was going to say, I'm trying to think of like, who was the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns when you and I <laughs> last time. did a show together? Because it's been a <laughs> lot. That might have been like the Bernie Kosar era when you and I last did a show. But before we get into everything else, it's important that I take a moment. And I was thinking about doing this off camera via text or even calling you or something of that nature. But no better way to thank you than publicly because you have carried a significant significant burden over the past four or five days here for me. And I'm deeply appreciative because fantasy football, and I can't quite put my <laughs> finger on it. Maybe Stefania, the brainiac here can help me, but something was just a little bit better on Sunday. Uh, more seriously, it was an awesome job Thanks, by you, man. Daniel. Appreciate so thankful it, that uh, when uh, circumstances dictate that you are unavailable for a show, that someone else can step up and the show cannot skip a beat, which was the case with you on Sunday. Uh, of course, in large part due to the efforts of both Mike and Stefania as well, Three rock stars, glad and proud to call each of you teammates. Heck yeah. Thank you, buddy. Oh, I well, appreciate that. We're glad to that. have you back. Oh, yeah, I'm man. so glad to be back. Yeah, Let me just tell you. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you. Pep in my step this morning. I might not be able to run a marathon. I might be able to run a lap of the ESPN campus, though, this morning. That's Hey, man, that's, sometimes that's all you need. That is a Locked, long, it's a big campus, too. Right? down with two under two is... Uh, not ideal. Not, not, not a lot fun of fun. Not ideal. That's no, right. Not fun. Stefania, so great to see you as well today. Well, How are you doing, you. kid? I'm good. I'm good. I'm. Uh, it's a big week. Big week. Big, big week, week for Stefania. Especially coming out of this big Monday night football. We had two matchups that we are going to dive into today. We also have a huge injury report, Stefania, that we're going to get your information yep. on as they well as waivers. They don't get shorter they as don't. the season goes on. No, they really they don't. don't. Yeah, that's, uh, that <sighs> is a big thing. So we're going to dive into a bunch of really fun stuff today. Honestly, can, do you guys mind? Can we just jump right into Monday Night Football? Let's, Let's do it. And can, can I be rude and set the table for what was on the <laughs> table last night before oh, the yes. games began? Because if ever there was a time to have two Monday Night Football games that was going to increase stress, it was last night. Oh, yeah. For those that watch fantasy football now, they saw that Stefania, Jeff Darlington, and I bantered for a bit with Daniel leading us into that segment as my team needed a win plus a loss by Stefania to clinch a spot in the War Room League playoffs. What we did not reveal during that segment was that it could have also come from a loss by Scott Clark, all biz, the commissioner, sort of the uh, the insider of the War Room League and, and, and our boss. So uh, this was a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and last night, going into those two games, Stefania and Jeff Darrington, uh, she was actually down by 0.1 points with Tua and Devon Achan to his Jordan Love and Darius Slate in 16-team leagues, so a lot of players are being uh, activated and used that you're not normally accustomed to in 10-team leagues. Uh, and then Scott Clark was playing Lewis Riddick. Lewis had a sizable 66-point lead oh, wow. with That's a lot of points. <laughs> Saquon Barkley, Jaden uh, Reed, and the Miami Dolphins defense left for Scott Clark. Oh, my gosh. So there's was, no way he wins, right? Well, you I was sitting there thinking to myself, while well, it was good TV that we made yeah. about Stefania and Jeff's matchup, truly I'm thinking to myself, I'm not even made attention to that. I just assume Tua and Devon Achan are superior to Jordan Reed, Jordan Love uh, and obviously uh, Darius Slayton, who, you know, Slayton's had moments in his career, but he's third or fourth receiver for a Giants team and throw the ball a whole lot. So the emotional wave last night, Daniel, uh, it was... 
Like when you watch one of those Instagram clips of a guy in like Brazil riding this like record setting wave, uh-huh. I felt like I was on one of those <laughs> minus a surfboard last night. There was uh, a, at halftime field, I believe there was a still a one point differential between Darlington. Yeah. And oh, 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 it, yeah. it was not uh, listen, I was sweating that one out myself. It wasn't exactly uh, an easy victory. And by the way, made worse by the fact that everyone on social media thought I had it in the bag. Oh yeah. Like you've got this no problem. And I'm thinking, why am, why is there only a one point <laughs> differential at halftime? People were sending me <laughs> golf resort recommendations. They were like, enjoy wow. the off season, bud. <laughs> right, right. like little early, you know, early vacation for you. I was like, not so fast. My friends, I'll tell you. Oh, no, then the games began. Early returns field. I mean, we saw Will Levis throw a very unfortunate pick <laughs> early in this game to the Miami Dolphins. It's like the Dolphins got a defensive touchdown right off the bat. So in this one, when you look at this, let's start there. Titans and Dolphins. <laughs> what a game! What a crazy game! Crazy game. Honestly, yes. Will Levis came out and that did not look good early, but fought He's so gritty to be yeah. able to bring this team back yeah. 23 for 28 327 yards and a touchdown 16.58 points just watching this field it didn't feel crazy efficient it didn't always look good at times but i'll tell you what i was really pumped for will levis being out there and i was thrilled that he was locked on to deandre hopkins he was and by the way of course will levis of course born in massachusetts raised oh, yeah. in middletown connecticut mm-hmm. those are two things that generally make you a better football player and it showed <laughs> last night is this was such a cool moment for will levis and this titans franchise who's playing for not a whole lot more than pride right now but a great great win coming down from 14 with less than three minutes to go let's talk about the fantasy impact and we can have some fun with my war room league sweat during this but deandre hopkins man when he has boomed so far this year he has really really boomed we've talked about it it's been uneven there's no two ways about that but as we get through the fantasy playoffs if you're choosing between deandre hopkins and somebody else if that somebody else is more consistent and steady you're the higher seed projected to win comfortably keep rolling along with that. But what DeAndre Hopkins has shown us with Will Levis is that while it's unpredictable, the upside's pretty significant. He, of course, had that three-touchdown game. All of his touchdown catches this year have come from Will Levis. He might have a dud. He might have a five-for-42 effort in him this upcoming Sunday. But he is certainly prone to these big games, as was the case last night with Will Levis, because there's really not another wide receiver in Tennessee that you implicitly trust. So a monster game for D-Hop, 25.4 fantasy points on seven catches for 124 yards, making catches down the field. This guy's still got some gas left in the tank. I think there are some teams this offseason that were not nearly as aggressive in pursuing DeAndre Hopkins as they probably wish they were in hindsight. As we know, it was basically the Patriots and the Titans. The Titans were more aggressive than New England. He goes to Tennessee. That was certainly a win for the Titans. Yeah, and DeAndre Hopkins back-to-back games with at least 12 targets. So love to see that. Hope that continues here with Will Levis. That would be fantastic. Field, he wasn't the only guy, though. Derrick Henry has had two touchdowns in back-to-back to back games. I feel like you're at a point where I know Derrick Henry was a little frustrating earlier this year, but like we're back to having Derrick Henry being a, a running back one. At this it's point. crazy though, because it feels that way in some ways. And then there are other ways where you're like, Oh my God, I watched that game. Also, didn't Taj I? Like, pretty good in this yeah, he did. And we'll talk about Tajay in a second here, but 17 carries for Derrick Henry plus a catch. If I told you blindly, you get 18 total opportunities from Derrick Henry. I think you'd say, fine, I'll start. I'll him, right. That. Yeah. If I told you he would turn those 17 carries into 34 yards, you would be very, very, very dubious about starting him. 
but he scored two rushing touchdowns. So the good news here for Derrick Henry is, of course, he's going to get pretty much every goal line look for the Titans, except for when they throw the ball to Jeffrey Simmons. So uh, D. Henry falls into the end zone twice. That kind of salvages the day. But truthfully, if you gave me those 18 opportunities and those are going to be available more often than not for Derrick Henry, still kind of floats on that top 10 running back radar. But Stefania Tajay Spears down the end, when this team was playing from behind and the Dolphins were starting to say to themselves, like, we can't let D-Hop beat us. This kid is such a playmaker for them. I, I love him. You know that I was talking about, we were both at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. And I kept saying, this is my favorite player here. Like I, I, And part of the reason I loved him so much there is what you're seeing on the field. Sure. Like, he never gives up on play. He's always going 110%. Yeah. Have you ever seen him and Derrick Henry stand next to each other? It reminds me of Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram when <laughs> right. they were at Alabama when he was doing the coin toss. Mark right. Ingram was. It, I mean, it's, they couldn't it's be more different in so stature. Yeah. And so, and Tajay Spears came into the league with some injury history that had several teams take him off the board. Yep. Uh, you know, it was enough of a concern about how he would hold up. And yet, I think they found a way to utilize him that capitalizes on his strengths and complements what they have in Derrick Henry. It's yeah. really perfect for a tandem. And he's unbelievable in the passing game, which is what really matters. Right. Down the stretch, when they're running these effectively two-minute offensive drills, uh, which they scored back-to-back touchdowns, it's a lot of Tajay Spears because the Titans' offensive line really struggles to hold up. And I got to be honest with you, again, as I'm riding this wave last night, Daniel, of this Dolphins defense facing against Will Levis, I swear, every completion he had, every single one of them, it was like three inches away from being an interception. Oh, yes. I mean, not actually, but it felt that way to me. It felt like there were some narrow, tight window throws that you're just like, that could be a pick six. There was a play early in the game where he throws a fade to DeAndre Hopkins and Xavier Howard steps out of bounds, mm-hmm. who, one of the best corners in the NFL, who's got a million interceptions over the past five years. So you're like, oh my God, it's one of those nights. It's just going to be one of those yeah. nights. How it's going to go. And instead, uh, it ends up being the Will Levis finds a way and this uh, Titans defense, Titans offense grinds the Miami defense down to a mere 13 points, which by the way, is still a great score for a fantasy defense. Yes. Um, but I think there is a lot more on this. Uh, anything else on the Titans game? I, feel I guess like the only Daniel? thing that I want to, that I would say is I feel like, and we can talk about this when we get into waivers, but like Tajay Spears is a guy I think needs to be rostered in more leagues, just given the things. If, if Derrick Henry misses any time, he will be very <laughs> valuable, even without Derrick Henry missing time. Like he's been active the last two weeks. He's had 33 touches crazy over the last two weeks with Derrick Henry right. being there. So in Tajay a Spears league, yeah, he's needs a, to be rostered. Certainly I, Mike's projection for him is double digit points this upcoming week. Yeah. And Mike, of course, obviously does it as better as well as anybody. So double your fantasy points, but um, what'd you think of the dolphins? Well, I had no skin of the game here with the Dolphins oh, offense yeah. as far as the world. It was the only faction that I had nothing going on. So I, got, they, I had a lot of Yeah, Stefania had a lot going on. You take it away, Stefania, because I was sitting when the Dolphins were on offense. I was like, grab my Miller Lite, that's, sip here, sip right, there. Right. I was like, I'm all good. So you take it away. Well, it didn't start off well when Tua lost the ball. Yeah. Mm. I was like, that's not helping. It's not helping me selfishly and anyone else who had him there in fantasy. And then when Tyreek Hill left, now Tyreek Hill, to be clear, since we're talking about this War Room League team, he was not playing for me. But when Tyreek Hill leaves the field, in case you didn't watch that game, the wind went out of the sails and they struggled on offense thereafter because now no one has to account for Tyreek Hill. He left with an ankle injury. He left to get evaluated. And when he went down... Uh, again, it was one of these hip drop tackles. It was sort of a combo looking horse collar hip drop tackle. He gets his foot rotated outwards. Yeah, We've seen yeah. this before. Looks like that mechanism for high ankle sprain, even potentially a knee injury. You saw him grab at his leg. It was unclear what was hurt. 
he ends up going into, but, but he pops up and runs off the field, which he later had something to say about. That was just him willing himself off the field, but he gets looked at in the locker room and he comes back in the second half and goes back in the game, which was stunning, Surprising, quite yeah. frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how his ankle feels this week, but uh, he was definitely compromised after that. And Tyreek Hill just was not Tyreek Hill for most of this game. And the Dolphins struggled. They struggled in, in every fashion. They struggled on the ground. Uh, Devon Achan ended up coming through a little bit for us, but uh, it just felt to me like they could not get in sync. Yeah. My thought last night, Daniel, and let me know where you stand on this one. Tyreek Hill made the strongest case yet that he's the NFL MVP <laughs> last night. Seriously, I'm with you. But I mean, I'm not, they're, they're not, I wouldn't say God awful on offense without him, but they're much different as Stefania was just saying. Absolutely. And I, I, I get it. Uh, they had three players get injured, like the first nine plays last yeah. night did Miami, including their starting center. But, I mean, it was clear that once Tyreek Hill left the game for that prolonged period of time, this offense really struggled to look like it has for much of this year. Uh, and to us, you know, he, he was one of the, what would be the opposite of a beneficiary? Whatever that is, mm-hmm. Stefania, yeah, or maybe Mike's thesaurus could help I'm us out tired. with that one. But uh, can't yeah, come up, can't word find it yeah. so quickly today. 9.1 fantasy points for Tua is the net result last night. And this is why, you know, with Tua having zero rushing value, pretty much, you know, three carries for 15 yards last night, you're counting on elite passing game production. And while it's always easier to play your offense normally when a guy's out for the full, but you can prepare for it than it right. is to do it on the fly. If, and we're a long ways away from him being unavailable next weekend, if somehow Tyreek Hill's unavailable against the Jets next weekend, against the Jets, mm-hmm. it's going to make two a very iffy start in the fantasy playoffs that if you have a different option, you may want to consider. I'll tell you what, watching Hard Knocks, I'm going to watch and say, is Mike McDaniel going to start running some offensive series without Tyree Hill. Cause that's what I'd be doing Yeah, is trying to figure out how are you going to engineer this without him? Because defenses are going to give you completely different looks. Yep. They're not worried about that downfield threat in the same way. Well, you, you would think that if Tyree Hill isn't there, that Jalen Waddle would be the benefactor. There it is. Which is the opposite <laughs> of beneficiary within this thing. I do want to say really quickly, I thought it was funny last night in the Manning cast uh, when Nate Bargatze came on, he was like, Hey, Guys, I just want to ask you a question. It seems like when there's a backup center, it's like you guys are literally meeting him for the first time. Like, oh, hey, your name's Marcus. Uh, great to meet you. Let's <laughs> let's figure this out. It's like they don't even play in the same team. Yeah, I, wow. I thought, I thought yeah. that was funny the way that they go through that because it's like they're he's still a backup center. I think he's taking snaps from him at some point, but they make a very big deal about that exchange, obviously. Oh, and you yeah. saw why last night. Well, so. you know, what's interesting is not to get super football nerdy here, but uh, in you know, there are various types of ways that a center can snap the football. And Liam Eichenberg, who was a left tackle in college, has played right tackle, has played guards, but pretty much every spot, he snaps the football. And if you're watching right now, you can see the difference. Like most centers have the ball sort of aligned vertically. He has the ball almost horizontal when he's snapping it. Really? So it is like a slightly different mechanic that two yeah. is receiving the football from, which may or may not have contributed to that early fumble that Stefania referenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, last question here, and then we can move on. Rosie asked me this, and I don't know because oh. I never played football. How snug does the quarterback get up in there? Like, Oh, it, dude, it's, it's uncomfortable. You, if you watch the Manning cast, then yeah, you have a seemed, pretty good idea. Well, they kept talking about, I don't know anyone's butt cheeks like... Uh, you know yeah, you yeah. know some stuff okay. if, you're, yeah. if right. you're a quarterback. I mean, Peyton talking about Jeff Saturday, Jeff Saturday, our colleague. You, yeah. you can ask him a few questions okay. about that. Um, I will just say, just to, just to finish up on the Dolphins, just two thoughts. I mean, uh, Devon Achan. Uh, and Stefan, you should consider this in the War Room League, might be cuttable. 
after not scoring 21.5 fantasy points. I know. It's so disappointing. He he got me enough to beat Jeff Darlington. Yeah, it didn't so matter. He's still in my good graces. It's so funny, though, but it's like there's I, a I chance. Not, not a great chance, but there is a chance that like Devon Achan for every game for the rest of the season has like 15 or fewer fantasy points and still averages. He'll still, he'll be like the third highest scoring running back in fantasy points <laughs> right, per game. Even if he has like so normal, right? Because on. it's like, yeah, you're allowed to, um you know, not rush for 11 yards per game. But the Raheem Mostert train just keeps chugging it along. Oh, I he's swear, so man, valuable he to that the, team. I mean, he, totally. Yeah, 18 really touchdowns is. now this year, most in the NFL, obviously. And I feel like every year there's a player that just breaks Mike's model. And it's, you know, there was the year that it was like, obviously, Jamal Williams last year, Jerick McKinnon last year did this. Uh, who was the tight end a few years ago? Um, Eric Ebron. Okay. Eric Ebron kept breaking oh, Mike's model. Wow, Sorry. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, but maybe that is what Raheem Mostert is because he ends up with uh, 22 carries and uh, 22 opportunities. So the the big concerning factor for, for Mostert is that he has zero impact in the passing game now. Obviously, a lot of that work's going to HN, but he just keeps scoring he's touchdowns. He's so productive and yeah. they he just trust keeps him. Scoring touchdowns. He, uh, yeah. They trust him and, and he's got sneaky speed. I mean, I think... That's what people forget. And here's where he really breaks Mike's model because you look at his age yeah. and you look at the fact that he had a cartilage repair surgery. I mean, it was a big procedure that people thought he would never come back from. Those two things alone, he should never be doing what he's doing. Yep. So you yep. can't put Raheem Mostert into a model and you don't know how long it's going to go. I mean, Mike McDaniel brought him in for a one-year spot. He brought him last year because they were buds from san francisco yeah. mostert needed an opportunity they didn't know how good he was going to be after the knee surgery and now not only has he replicated last year he's exceeded it in many so, ways. i mean a career yeah. year at 31 yeah, there are very few phenomenal. running backs where that is unreal. the case yeah it is so mike unreal. take your model there you go wow wow <laughs> That's I, get, how Raheem I want feels. that clip yes. i want that clipped off and i want to use it gratuitously on social All media going forward yes yeah. i love that all right, well, it wasn't just Will Levis, a backup quarterback dominating Tua on Monday Night Football. It was also backup Tommy DeVito and his agent <laughs> willing the Giants to a victory over the Packers. Unbelievable. Was that like a zoot suit? Like, that was- uh, it might have been. It might have been. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Really all I know was. is I want to invite to that tailgate. Totally, right? Oh, man, like, that tailgate I, was very I mean, cool. Yeah. Tommy his family's family doing is this. all in. Yeah, it's, oh, the food alone. It's another one of those very cool stories. Field oh, it's amazing. This, it's, it's pretty fantastic. When you so, watch Tommy DeVito, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking chicken parm, maybe a cutlet, <laughs> penny all, penny all, vodka. Yeah, cutlets. Yeah, cutlets. yeah that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm hungry right now, yeah. although I guess as a, I, I lunch at like 1030 most days anyways, so this is not abnormal for me to be hungry. But just to remind people, so let's imagine these games weren't played at the same time, but rather being played back to back. Dolphins defense is done. <laughs> mm-hmm. 53-point edge. I'm definitely fine here, right? I mean, I got to be. Only oh, two yeah. guys left. You basically sure. need career nights from Jaden Reed and then like, you know, a monster Saquon Barkley game. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. And here we are, seven minutes into the game. <laughs> two touchdowns have been scored. But, you know, before we get there, let me tell you this. The first play of the game from the Packers, what do they do? They run a little, little, a little jet sweep where they just sort of bunt the ball. Yeah. Jordan Loves and Shotgun bunts the ball to Jaden Reed who picks up just five yards, but you're just like, crap, I knew they were going to get this guy this involved. Is this do. is what they do. Because right, yeah. right. he's a really talented player, and obviously with no Christian Watson, someone else has to feast. But Mike keeps telling me they're really balanced with their targets. There's no way he'll have like eight catches, will he? More on that in just a moment. A uh, <laughs> and then Giants, after kind of a slow start, slow, start, slow start offensively, they score as well as Saquon Barkley, and I am like... <laughs> 
Yeah. No. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Scott Clark, who, I'm, who of course, uh, you know, I needed to lose, asked me at some point yesterday, like, what are you going to do if, like, Jaden Reed has, like, a monster touchdown? And I told Scott, <laughs> I said, you know something, Scott? After the way that this season has gone, and I am, and I hate... This sounds braggadocious, but in a 16-team league, I am the third highest scoring team. It would be really hard to not make an 18 playoff as the third highest scoring team. Yeah. I, I think it comes him, down to coaching at that point. I told him, <laughs> I, yeah, it's a great really, point. Yeah, yeah, bad coaching for sure. Um, I told Scott, I, I have nothing left to emote. I don't I don't have any, there's no emotions left. There's not like, yeah. you could tell me anything would happen tonight. It's not true. And I believe it. It's not true though. Stavaya, I just sat, just like, uh, I was like, you know, so by the end, I know the, the emotion came back around. I mean, at 1146 last <laughs> night, I was maybe jumping around my house like it was a As silently party. as possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, excited. Yes. Yes, exactly. ASMR exactly. celebrations over here. Uh, but anyways, let's get to the game here because uh, it was pretty quiet for the Packers. It was. Other than one guy, Daniel. Yes. Other than one freaking guy. Jordan Reed. Love. Was so good. He was so good. Jordan Reed, Jaden Reed was so good in spite of Jordan Love. So here, let's talk about this. Four carries for 38 yards and a touchdown for Jaden Reed. Yeah. Four carries, carries for 38 carries. yards. Plus he had eight catches on 10 targets only for 27 yards. Eight for 27 is not a great, but you know what? That's still 10 fantasy points right there. He, this is very, and I made this analog before, but it's more true every week that goes by. Remember the year prior to Curtis Samuel getting paid to go to the commanders down the stretch. He was like a top 12 wide receiver Mm -hmm. because they kept getting him like six carries and like seven catches a game. Now he would turn it into like 47 yards, but in PPR scoring, he would just ball out. And that's what's happening right now with Jaden Reed. I think this kind of, and I said it yesterday on the show to Mike, there's a part of Jaden Reed that is giving me like rookie end of rookie season, Amon Ross St. Brown vibes where Ooh, he's starting to come on towards me. the end a little bit. Right. Yeah. And we're finally starting to see it. We were wondering which one of these Packers wide receivers, because it's not just in the passing game. The idea that they want to use him in the running game to yeah. field is a, a huge part of this. And I think part of it is also the absences of, of course, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, like yep. your two best playmakers are gone. AJ Dillon is what he is. He is like, you know, power back. He, Jaden Reed, is the most explosive, shifty guy that you have now available with those two premier playmakers gone. And heck, one of your tight ends is gone as well. Luke Musgrave, who's still on IR. Um, But yeah, so Jaden Reed ends up with a busy, busy night. It sounds, Stefania, like there's a chance that Aaron Jones could be back next week. I mean, yeah, hard to tell. It's, but it's re- They're really hard to read right now, but he certainly is getting a little more involved in practice. So yeah, practice it, every day is weekly. Yeah, so. yeah, limited. And so I think the Packers want to see a little bit more. We talked about this on Sunday that this is a uh, MCL sprain following a hamstring injury that cost him multiple weeks early in the year, both on the same side. Yeah. So uh, I think if he has a really good week, we see him fully participating. That'd be a really good sign. So this, it's possible that Aaron Jones returns and eventually Christian Watson returns and Reed's role reduces. But if both of those guys are out next week, Jaden Reed, borderline lineup Christian Watson, lock. I yes. would think, would be a harder one to yeah, see coming like back because this is a hamstring injury on a guy who's had multiple hamstring injuries yep. already. Last five weeks for Jaden Reed, 19.4, oh 19.2, 15.5.6, and then 20.5. So he has four of his last five games been over 15 fantasy points. Maybe. Crazy. Yeah. Lineup lock if both those guys are out this week and maybe even if Christian Watson is out because uh, he's just so good and they're so finding good. ways for him to get the ball. Yep. Everybody else in that Packers offense last night was quiet. And for the Giants, pretty quiet from everybody except for Saquon Barkley. 
Now, I, listen, Saquon having 23.1 fantasy points, like of the things that could have happened last night that I would have for, I mean, like, yeah, okay, I'm fine. Right. Saquon Barkley's an outstanding, he's a, an amazing player. He's been a star for, this is his sixth season. He's awesome. This stuff happens in a good way, right? Good he had way. two yes. rushing touchdowns. Yep. Uh, he got involved in the passing game a little bit as well. Saquon Barkley rules. There's no analysis on that other than just like Saquon is awesome. He just made me sweat a lot last night. But yeah. Yeah. The only other person that really did anything, and I can't imagine a lot of people started him, was Wandale Robinson. I felt like he was just him and Tommy DeVito yeah. Yeah. down the stretch needing to be able to move the ball, matriculate the ball down I the know. field, get him into field goal range. The idea that two backup quarterbacks – just one on Monday night football is so indicative of what this year's season has been. So have you awesome. ever seen this many backup quarterbacks go out here and do stuff for their teams? Like, I mean, it feels like not in the same way, way. Yeah. not in the same way. And it, again, we're looking at the injury numbers right now, but I think we're rapidly approaching the um, maximum that we've seen in terms of number of starting quarterbacks being forced out of the game due to injury. And that is, you know, that number adds up because then when the next one is named the starting quarterback and they go out, as we've yeah. seen, like, for example, in Cleveland, when you've had multiples, uh, then that number continues to climb. So the the fact that we've seen the success is mm-hmm. pretty impressive. It's very And impressive. I don't think anyone, I, I mean, Field, you obviously go deep into the draft, so you know a lot more about a lot of these players and their background, but... You find me most people in fantasy football who knew a thing about Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Other than that, he was from New Jersey and he lives with say, his parents. Right. Which I don't, yeah. We didn't know that. We learned that. Right. Guy had to transfer in college. Like, this was not a star player, right? This was not one of those, you know, there are guys who are awesome in college that go late in the draft. This is the extreme, obviously. Brock Purdy was an excellent right. college quarterback. Like, Iowa State won as much as they could possibly win during the Brock Purdy and Brees Hall era. That's an he was a very successful, consistent college quarterback who just had, in the eyes of evaluators, a lot of average traits. Tommy DeVito was not like lighting the world on fire during his college career, but it's a great story. And he had 10 carries last night for over 70 rushing yards. I'm not starting Tommy DeVito, but um, I think at the very least, he has earned at minimum one more start. Yeah. The Giants might, maybe possibly could have Darren Waller back next week. We'll see, obviously, but yeah. he is eligible to return. And there seemed to be, there seemed to some, be some inkling yeah, that he could and at least. And he kind of hinted practice. that maybe he would be looking towards next week. Too. And I'll be honest with you. Being when the team week. starts winning, <clears throat> you want to be a part of these things. Oh yeah. It's just a fact. Yep. And not that, you know, his money is coming due no matter what, but if the team's playing better, just also Jeff- want to finish on a better note. If totally. you're Darren Waller, when yep. you came in to help out the team and look how much time yeah. you've, you've yeah. been forced out of. Last question I have, and then we'll move on here. Field, Dontavian Wicks had two catches for 20 yards. What did your long shot do? Two for 22. Stop it! Did you, did you not know? No! Oh, my God, That's yes. amazing. So my long shot of Alec Pierce, it's like, you know, I'm not, I can't celebrate 4.2 fantasy points from a long you shot. You can right now, <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, hey, good enough. We're still in the fight. Uh, our producer, uh, Jackson, <laughs> notes uh, that Tommy DeVito, all the good things that you see, that's the Syracuse version of Tommy DeVito. That's what it is. All the stuff that you're like, eh, you sure about this guy? That's the Illinois version uh, of Tommy yeah. DeVito. Oh, that, that so sounds okay. like Jackson, so we, we should that. credit Syracuse with that. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to a couple of backup quarterbacks. Absolutely dominating on Monday Night Football. Congratulations to both of those teams. Yeah, totally. And uh, by the way, just uh, to pay it off. So the Irish twins, Matt Harrington, the great producer of uh, Fantasy Football Now, yep. and myself. 
survive. It was six points, but we survive. Wow. And um, I woke up this morning. I went to bed last night 36, and I woke up 58 this morning. So <laughs> That's how it feels. Um, well, I, I survived as well, also in the playoffs. So at oh, least yeah. we go in the playoffs together. We're so, in the playoffs you know, together. That's we can, right. We can both feel good about we'll that. We'll be there. With my uh, silent, silent partner, Rob Giharo, CP of SportsCenter, who yeah. has been posted on, on social media. He's like, uh, technically, I count too because everybody was... <laughs> You do. It's easier. Rob G, you count more than you know. You count as my moral support. Of course, if we lose, it's my team. Right. right. (laughs) You're like the quarterback right now, right? Of course. Yes. You are the quarterback of this uh, franchise at the moment. Yes. All right, Stefania. I would love to dive uh, into a handful of we were, injuries. Yeah, I'm such a good mood. Until Sorry, that was a long, beefy A block for I know, the I uh, but it was fun. I mean, look, like everybody, games. Games. Yeah. we're all in. We just want to let people know. We, have we fun are with football you. Too. We feel you. Yeah, we man. are sweating out these matchups just like everybody else. We are, you Cold know, sweats, we, the, warm the sweats highs last and the night, lows you name it. of making Every the playoffs, yeah. missing out. I think, um, not to brag, but it beat uh, Daniel, who's got one of the highest scores in the show league by like 1.5 last night. Yeah. Wow. So that was another one was, we were yeah. riding so we out. All, all three um, of us out of the Scott Fishbowl. It was mm. a tough week. It's Scott Fishbowl. Field and I are both out. I know. I lost. So we can't represent anymore, but it was a good fight. We, was we a good made fight? it pretty yeah. deep into and the thank playoffs. Thank you to Scott, obviously, yeah. for the oh, effort there. Listen, for everything that he does. But my point being, we suffer along with you. Yes, so we, we like to share that. Yeah. And most importantly, Stefania, you beat Jeff Darlington, which is just yeah, always a fun thing to do it's in fantasy fun. football. I can't wait till uh, fantasy football now. I know. That's that'll all. be fun to talk about. I hope uh, Jeff gets assigned to the coldest game of the weekend, too. <laughs> just to find <laughs> it. So Jeff, before you go, I've got nine more questions <laughs> about our matchup. I know it's 12 degrees in Green Bay right now with a wind chill of six, but. Uh, uh, yeah. so funny how he gets his assignments. That's right. Great. Yeah. All right, Stefania, I'm going to start right, with you, the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Justin Jefferson came back this week, Ugh. had two catches, and then left the game because of a chest contusion. What can you tell us about everything that's going on with Justin Jefferson? Well, this just made everybody sad, right? We were so excited about seeing him back, and then uh, all of a sudden he plays two. He had two snaps. What was it? Or thir- two catches. Or two, two catches, catches. Yep. in yep. 13 snaps, something like that. Yep. Uh, but he went up to catch the ball, took a big hit, and lay on the field and did not get up right away. Very scary moment. Uh, it turns out he had a chest injury. That's what it was labeled as. The Vikings really haven't offered more in the way of specifics, but it's worth noting he did make a trip to the hospital as a precautionary measure, saying they wanted to check out uh, internal organs, which if you think about it, your rib cage protects a lot of important structures there. Uh, sometimes if it's a rib injury, they're concerned about a punctured lung. They did mention they were concerned about his ability to travel with the team. If you do have a lung injury, you're not allowed to fly. So it could have been something they were looking for. But in any event, he was allowed to travel with the team. And in fact, Kevin O'Connell on Monday said there's a good chance they're feeling good about Jefferson's availability for this week. So uh, it sounds like he escaped major injury and we have to wait and see uh, how things look. Okay. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson on the same field this weekend. Would love to see it. Oh, it would be great. That would be fantastic. Hey, he wasn't the only Minnesota Vikings, Stefania. Alexander Madison also left this game with an ankle injury. What updates do you have on him? This one felt a little more vague for us. Yeah, it well, it's still vague. Okay. I hate to tell you. Right. Um, it's still vague because all we know is that he has an ankle sprain. They haven't gotten into detail about the severity or the location of it. So right now we have no information as to the status of Alexander Madison for this game. But okay. not as vague is who steps up if he's out, which is Ty Chandler had 15 touches this past weekend. That's a career high for Chandler. 
Not sure there is a ton of upside here because rushing touchdowns have been so hard to come by for this offense. But um, Ty Chandler, at least on the waiver wire preview, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Yep. All right, Stefania, we're going to talk now. Quarterbacks. We mentioned backup quarterbacks already in the show. Justin Herbert has a broken index finger. What can you tell us about what his rest of the season is going to look like? Yeah, I want to talk about this one for a second. First of all, we've talked about how tough Justin Herbert is. We saw him play through a rib cartilage injury last year. Remember, he had a significant finger injury on his non-throwing hand already this year that we thought might cost him time and it ended up not costing him any time at all. But when it's your throwing hand, it's his right hand and you're a quarterback, uh, all of a sudden the stakes are different in terms of the nature of the injury and what you have to do to treat it. Now, Adam Schefter reported he would be seeing Dr. Steve Shin, hand specialist in Los Angeles and expected to undergo uh, surgery on Tuesday. That is today. The reasons that you do surgery if you have a fracture is the fracture is either displaced where the bony ends aren't in alignment, it's unstable, or it can be angulated or rotated. And the critical aspect is that you have to get the bones in proper alignment because the healing has to be perfect because your index finger is so important if you're a quarterback. So uh, this is not something that's light. We talk about hand fractures. Guys get hardware in, they come right back, they don't miss hardly any time. Again, it's different because it's your index finger and you're a quarterback. Now, when they go in for surgery, it will be, um, they'll have to determine whether it's something where they can use pins, they can secure the fracture, align the bones properly, do what they call a closed reduction, put pins in, or do they have to open it up and put in plates and screws? Either way, if it's pins, you got to wait about six weeks for the bone to heal. If you open it up, scar tissue, other things that you have to work through, it's a multi-week injury at the end of the day. I do not expect Justin Herbert back for fantasy purposes this this year, and he may not be back at all this season. That was one of the big questions, Stefania, we have been getting in chat is if you roster Justin Herbert, am I now at a spot where I can drop him in yes. order to go find someone else? Yes. And, and if you're frustrated, and I'm sorry, but you have to just think about how important, think if you're Justin Herbert, it's your index finger. Everything about that guides how you throw the ball. Yeah, yep. This is a very critical procedure and rehab for him so that he can be the same guy who is amazing at getting the ball down the field. Yeah. The five and so. eight also. The five, like, what are you playing for? Right. right. Like you got to, but even if they were like, this is so, you know, you sure, can't be emphasized that. enough. And yeah. I think people think, Oh, you get in surgery. That's why I said about the hand. Cause it's like, Oh, you put hardware in. And I talk about that a lot. You get something stabilized. It helps you come back more quickly. But in this kind of an injury, just the unfortunate nature of what it is, I think it's going to be quite some time. We'll cover this a whole lot more throughout the week, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but Keenan Allen, this is the Jamar Chase theory, right? Is that like he's still playable. He's still going to be inside my top 20 for wide receivers. But Keenan Allen has dropped about 12 spots relative to where I am customarily ranking him in my week 15 ranking. Just to give you a preview. They play on Thursday night, by the way. So, of course, we'll dive into it deep. Easton. Yes, we will. Easton, Easton Stick. 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 Yep. Yes. What a name right there. Former North Such Dakota State standout. The heir apparent to Carson Wentz in North That's Dakota State. That's an old-timey wow. football name. Like I feel, yeah, yeah, I feel like he played back in the black and white days. Yes. yes. You know I what I mean? Like, Matthew still has Before him on the Dynasty roster, TV. which might yeah. <laughs> make sense. Okay. I mean, it's right. such a name. 
another quarterback, Stefania, unfortunately, CJ Stroud Ugh. in Ugh. the concussion protocol after getting hit by Quinn and Williams. What do we know about CJ Stroud for this week? Concussion protocol. And we know it's not predictable. So while we can hope that he's available to be back, I remind people quarterbacks, such a high processing position. Um, you've got to be right on all fronts. It's not just about toughing it out, but he'll have to go through all the phases just like anybody else. Would. There is a chance that there is not a single startable Texan this weekend in fantasy. Shroud, obviously uncertain. Dalton Schultz, uncertain. Nico Collins, uncertain. He may be out. Schultz? Oh, no, Nico, Nico Collins. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what do you have yeah. to say there? Yeah. yeah. I'll table my thoughts. Any further thoughts? But what oh, is- no, no. I was just going to say calf injury for him which he's already dealt with already this year, right? And it happened early, and then he was out for the rest of the game, and he's already been dealing with the calf strain, so that makes you a little concerned. So if both of those guys, meaning CJ Stroud and Nico Collins, are out, that takes away two of our startable Texans. And then if you don't have Dalton Schultz, that's the other startable Texan that's gone, which he's already iffy if it's Davis Mills. Then Noah Brown, who is supposed to be the next man up amongst the wide receivers, has gone quiet. Remember, he had that red-hot stretch, and now... In what would seemingly be better circumstances, as like the number two slash number one wideout has gone really quiet. No Tank Dell. Back to back games was zero, zero fantasy catches points for Noah Brown. Zero yeah. for back to back games. So yes, so uh, this Texans offense obviously so much to be excited about for the future. But for this Sunday against the Titans, this could be like the bare bones crew. This could be the grind it out, try to run the football a ton, but. They haven't really run the football all that well this year. I'm not sure that changes on Sunday against Tennessee. Yeah, that will be something to watch. If Davis Mills is under center field, I don't have the same uh, excitement for the rest of those Texans skill Ditto. players. Ditto. Yep. All right, Stefania, let's talk about Josh Jacobs, who did play. This Raiders team did, in fact, play on Sunday in spite of the fact that they lost no, three to zero. I didn't see I was at home. I'm tired. They did not. That was it like, I don't, I, I am how pretty does sure that score even happen in the modern era? Played, but this one was tough. Josh Jacobs got banged up in this one. What can you tell us about? I mean, he's had so much work, not just last year, but this year as well. Right. What's the latest on Josh? And he's been pretty durable over this season. And last, he was originally called a knee injury, but later on the injury report on Monday, they did a, an estimated practice report. This is a week that the Raiders play on Thursday night. So there will be a lot of practice projections as it's typically a light week for teams who play on Thursday. He was listed as a non-participant because of a quad. Your quad crosses your knee joint. So Mm. these are not completely uh, different references. It's in fact a little bit more specific for us, but uh, that's a tough one to come back in four days after that injury. We'll see what happens, but I'd be prepared for the possibility that you may not have Josh Jacobs. Field, if you don't have Josh Jacobs on Thursday night football yeah. with Aiden O'Connell as the quarterback, do you think that Amir Abdullah or Zamir White with no teams on a bye are going to come anywhere close to fantasy rosters? I think Zamir White will come rather close, Dan. He is a good player. He was a fourth-round pick out of Georgia just a season ago who some thought could be the starter sooner than later when Josh McDaniels took over as their head coach. Remember, Josh Jacobs was playing in the Hall, in the of, Hall of Fame game yeah. last preseason. Um here are, and beyond that, Daniel, if it's, and it sounds like there's basically no way it's Justin Herbert. If it is Easton Stick, maybe this is another low scoring game on Thursday night. Hopefully not too low scoring because yes. we want to see some excitement. Um, so maybe it's a game where Zamir White could handle 15 to 18 carries. I think the tricky part is that, and maybe this is the wrong way to think about things, but casting your die with a guy that you're not even totally certain it's going to have a huge role on a Thursday night football game can leave you feeling very lonely 
if it does not go well and there are no games until Saturday when we have three more this weekend. Obviously, right. for the rest of the season, we have a funky schedule between Saturday, uh, extra Monday games, Thursday games. Obviously, you know it. It's the usual. Um, Tis the season for funky NFL yes. scheduling. Yes, it is. All right, Stefania, a couple more players that we have here. Dalton Kincaid Ooh. is day to day. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, listed with a shoulder injury, which forced him out of the game. But here's something interesting. The Bills actually listed him as probable to return, but it was late in the fourth quarter. But that's a pretty good indicator that they were comfortable with what the nature of the injury was, that he wasn't going to risk anything by playing. So I think that bodes well for this week. But obviously, stay tuned to see if anything changes. Gosh, I, I was really hoping that this wouldn't be a thing. Dalton Kincaid would continue to be the guy, even once Dawson Knox came back, because we saw Dawson Knox return in this one. So I hate being able to see him get banged up. A couple more questions I have for you. Geno Smith, I asked you a bunch about this on yeah. Sunday. He ended up not playing in the four o'clock games. Can you just tell us why? What happened there with Geno this week? Well, last Thursday... He stumbled over a teammate in practice and was added to the injury report because of a groin injury that sounded like it was something that was going to take a few weeks to get better. Certainly not something you would want to play in a football game just a few days later. And they did the wise thing by holding him out. He really wanted to play. He went through a pregame warmup. Uh, remember, he was dealing with the triceps contusion just prior to that. So I think the combination and the recent onset of the groin injury kept him out. Now, the Seahawks play on Monday night this week so there's a little extra time and it sounds like uh, Pete Carroll thinks if he gets good treatment and good rest it can kind of reevaluate they're leaving the door open for him to be available on Monday night okay hey that would be nice for us fantasy managers especially if you have any of those pass catchers I don't know you don't know I mean I should say I don't know um what I will say is just like my respect to Drew Locke. He kept that offense afloat for a little while against your Niners. Did Drew a good job, Locke, right? So he actually, you know, he put together a good game. He was I mean, slinging that pill poor, early. Poor Drew got like, here you go. Good luck with <laughs> this one. Step out against the 49ers in your first start for totally. the Seahawks. Yeah. You know, enjoy yeah. that. No, but right. I thought I mean, he did pretty well. Yeah, I, certainly Gino is definitely the, the preference. We would like to see him on under center. But uh, the good news is this is not like where some offenses are right now, where the starter to the backup is such a massive drop-off that these players become borderline unplayable. Yep. All right, we got one more, Stefania. Trevor Lawrence played this week with a high ankle sprain, I think, I believe, when you yeah. were watching yeah. him out there. Like, what What did you see from Trevor Lawrence this week? Didn't look great. Didn't look great. But he's a warrior. You know, he, oh, Absolutely. Trevor Lawrence has never missed a game. Mm. Uh, high school, college. Yeah, yeah. high school, college. We, we talk about these guys. I'm always amazed. I never, if you watch football at this level, you cannot imagine how anyone is able to get through one season, much less several seasons, much less a college and pro career uh, without any injuries. We saw that he had an injury to his opposite knee earlier this year, played through it, was in a brace, uh, less mobile. He certainly, he just wasn't himself. And I thought it impacted his ability to get the ball where he wanted it a few times. But uh, incredible that he was able to do it certainly bodes well for him continuing. There's no reason to think that he won't be able to play. We did not hear about any setback. So I'd be surprised if anything changes for this, this was, week. This was a tough one against the Cleveland Browns field. It doesn't get any easier this week against the Baltimore Ravens. I know on Sunday Night Football, but he is my, my only thought is, as I said, he's a warrior. Like yeah. not only was he out there, like he's like, Diving for extra yards. I'm like, Trevor. Every time, so of course, you know, this is how I watch football, right? I know exactly what's hurt. I'm watching every time he gets taken down. And a couple times when he got tackled, totally legitimate tackles, by the way. This is football. Football, yeah. But 
as he's going down, you see a twist. I'm looking at that motion that's going to stress that high ankle sprain. Nothing. He bounced right back up. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't know what he takes, but I'd like some. I'll have whatever he's having. I'll have what he's having. I believe believe it's the ESPN Cafeteria Energy Ball. That's That's the secret. Those things are righteous, by the way. They're addicting. Righteous. What a good word, Stefania. All right. I think that's going to do it for Injury Report for week 15. Hopefully in week 16 or heading into week 16, it'll be a little bit shorter next week, Stefania. But I appreciate all this info. I know. I know. Hey, I got one question before we dive into the next part, which is going to be our waiver section. Okay. When we're going into fantasy playoffs here, one of the guys in our fantasy that uh, works on our crew here, um, his name is Zach, and his league made the playoffs. Okay. And the things that they do in the playoffs, one of the things is you get home field advantage. Home field advantage in fantasy football means that the team that is the higher seed gets plus six points before the games even start. Wrong. How do you this feel about wrong. this rule? Don't like it, Smiley? <laughs> I do not like it. Yeah, it reminds no. me of uh, the FedEx Cup in golf where it's like, you know, the opening, like the uh, you're on the first tee and it's like, here comes uh, Rory McIlroy, who's minus four already. And you're like, wait, what? He's wait, on the first tee. Yeah. We um, even started. So what I would say is I don't like it either. Yeah. I think they're, um, I think that the advantage of having a high seed in fantasy football you is You play two the things. low seed. Right. Correct. That I get it. There are times where, as I was discussing, like my war room league is probably not your average number eight team is the third highest score, but still like I got the eight seed and more often than not, the eight seed is going to be a player who is not as strong as the number one seed. Um, and often in a lot of leagues, of course you have a bye week. Mm-hmm. So if you're yep. the top one or two seed, you probably have a buy available. So um, I would say it is a, a no for me, dog, um, <laughs> I agree. but I, agree. Um, I don't know. I just also feel like, because I just think, look, we all play. We know that there is an, like you, you can be the best in your league. You can yeah. be the best at setting your lineups and injuries and other things are going to have an impact. So is it really fair that you're getting six points and the person next to you is like, I just don't, I just don't think it's totally equitable. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I'm like, wait, so like, again, should I be disadvantaged by six points? If I'm the last, like there are, there are scenarios in which like the the last team into the playoffs scored as many or more points as right. one of the top two seeds. Like, do I, did I get unlucky or do I have a bad team? So right. I think there's something to be said for starting fresh, having an even playing field for everybody yep. and we'll play every game. At Disney World, home yes. field advantage <laughs> for everyone. Gone, neutral site, all games right. being played at Disney. I like that. Yep, I think I'm with you on that one. In case, hopefully, that helps anyone else out there. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's where we're looking at. A lot of things going on in the fantasy playoffs. We'll be talking about just a minute with the waiver wire. Let's do it. But first, Field Jades, we're going to pay some bills. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? I am. Yep. I knew you guys were. Make it easy though. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24/7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to Geico.com. Did you guys smell that? Sure do. Smell Dr. Pepper. That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. (laughs) Pepper, Stefania, which can only mean one thing. It is college football season. Block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet DP from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back, and this year things are heating up. With more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint, get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is, Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. All right. So, guys, we are going into week 15. Fantasy playoffs are at our doorstep. 
Congratulations if you are still you live it. and kicking. Exactly. Hopefully, many of you are still there. Hopefully, we helped you get there. Hopefully, you had a lot of fun. Our audience is definitely that. still in the play. Definitely a lot of guys. Every there. last member. Field, when you're at this point, waiver wire strategy sort of changes just a little bit because it's no longer just about this week. It's yep. also kind of projecting to look ahead. How does your waiver wire strategy change once you hit the fantasy playoffs? Two extremely important things. Three, actually. Let me introduce the third. Let's start here. Is that, as you said, Daniel, now we've reached the point where you can reasonably look ahead to everybody's schedule. I'm thinking specifically on defenses, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you have a Baltimore or San Francisco, you might feel like I'm just playing them every single week. But Instead, if you're looking to the team like the Rams, for example, who have a pretty favorable schedule over the next few weeks, you might say to yourself, okay, commanders this week, the Saints next week. I don't even know who they play in week 18, week 17. I do. Okay, you can pull Uh, it up. I can tell you right now, they play the Giants. There you go. So look at that. The next three games for for the Rams. Commanders, Saints, Saints, Giants, Giants. none of those offenses scare you. Even this Rams defense that still is a work in progress, pretty good matchup. So you can look ahead and play the schedule game. Two, you can play defense. We've had some quarterback injuries of late. You could potentially go and grab whatever quarterback is available or quarterbacks that are available if your opponent has C.J. Stroud or Justin Herbert as their starter. I don't love the people that bundle and grab, like, clean out their entire bench and grab five quarterbacks to get ahead of the person who potentially has to replace their quarterback this week. But if you want to drop, you know, that wide receiver you're not relying upon much and you want to grab the top quarterback available if for some reason there is a pretty reasonable option i think that's fair game and then three is you have to know what your needs are in every matchup and if that means rolling the dice on somebody that you can grab on the waiver wire who comes with significant risk but some upside as well i'm okay with that too yeah those are three good ones to find you i don't I'm have a whole lot to add because i picked up chase brown like Okay, I'm just going to leave him on my bench because. How good is that guy? <laughs> I know. It's very upsetting know. that I left him on my bench, but at least, you know. At least you have process At least was I smart. got him yeah, that late. So I, I yep. think you're absolutely right. And then one last thing that I'll say, which we're going we're gonna to cover in a moment here, but it's insurance season, guys. This mm-hmm. is the time to go and grab the players that back up your starters, whether it's. You know, most often the case is for running backs, right? Because it's sort of a one-to-one substitution. But if there is a high-powered offense that you think the third wide receiver, if he got more opportunities, could contribute, you should be adding those players as well. Yep. All right, Phil. So let's start a quarterback because I am one of the managers that lost Justin Herbert in the show league where I am in second place. My backup quarterback was Josh Dobbs, Mm. meaning I now have no quarterbacks on my roster. I'm going to be playing that streaming game, which means guys like, and I'm going to throw a few out there. I want you to tell me who you like the most. Yep. I got Jake Browning. I got Joe Flacco and Matthew Stafford all looked pretty good this week. I think they're the three guys that I'm probably looking at as far as my biggest streaming replacements. No two ways about that, Daniel. For this week specifically, I like Matthew Stafford the best. He draws the commanders. Stafford and this Rams offense is a pretty impressive operation on the whole right now. I'd say the biggest vulnerability for Stafford is twofold. One, zero with his legs. Two, as we have seen with this Rams offense, they run the ball so effectively that if it's more of a running day than a passing day, you could be in a pickle, but I like him the best. Um, Browning draws the Colts. That's a pretty reasonable matchup as well, but I'll have Stafford, Browning, Flacco ranked that way in my quarterback rankings for week 15. If Matthew Stafford doesn't use his legs, what does Joe Flacco do with his? (laughs) 
Are they you know the same? What? Honestly, <laughs> I, I'm not really in the mood right now to say anything other than nice things about Joe Flacco. He's been pretty great. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this guy elite was on his couch too much. I believe. He's been elite. He has yes. been elite. Matthew Stafford, 23.3 fantasy points per game over the last three weeks. How about that? That's oh, He's really good. Yeah. A lot. And you know what? I, I think... Um, to your point, even if they're running the ball effectively, they would like to get up early on some of these. They totally. are favorable matchups, but I could see him throwing early and often, even if they let their foot off the yeah, gas. Yeah, they've got a great wide receiver duo, so they have right. like they can certainly throw. Uh, and by the way, Cooper Cup is back. I was just going to say yeah. it's been nice to see <laughs> Cooper Cup the last couple of weeks as a part of this, in part because Matthew Stafford did this last week in a really bad weather game yeah. against yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. Oh my God, right. I was so, blown away by how much offense there was in that game I'm based shot. off the weather. Yeah. You know what though, I will say is uh that game i thought bore out one thing we always hear from guys who actually played in the nfl they talk about it being tougher on the dbs than it totally. is on the wide receivers and you saw that a couple of times where matthew sever i felt like he was going for blood because yep. the dbs were falling yep. and the wide receivers weren't yeah. Yeah. yeah but the the footing was just as tough for the ravens defenders and it played into the hands of the Rams wide receivers. So yep. if we have bad weather games coming up, it's something to look at. Totally. All right. Let's look at a couple of wide receivers here field. We talked about it yesterday. OBJ had 10 targets. He's been looking like he's been a bigger part of this. I think that's one of the guys that you could potentially look at. If you need a wide receiver off of waiver wires, I like OBJ in this one, given what he has done recently. Yeah. OBJ has seven targets in three, seven targets or more in three of his past five games. Yep. He looks more explosive. He's available in about 50% of leagues. Uh, and that passing offense obviously was excellent this past Sunday. They draw the Jaguars on Sunday night. Zay Jones also on the radar, same game, other side of the ball, available in about three quarters of leagues right now with no Christian Kirk. Obviously, he's out with that groin injury. It's going to mean that Zay Jones will continue to be the number two wide receiver in this offense with Parker Washington filling in as the slot receiver for the Jags. Yep. I didn't really love the Jaguars this. I mean, it felt like him and uh, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley were just off a little bit this last yeah, week. You know who wasn't off with Trevor Lawrence? Evan Ingram. Oh my goodness. Yeah, How good is he? Yeah. By the way, he went from like not overspoke oh into existence. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I feel like the guy owes me a, like, a, like a couple of grand or something. I, you know, I motivated him. Jaguars fans should be Venmoing me right really now. You're welcome. Should. Yeah. Really should. At least fantasy managers. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about running backs field. And you kind of mentioned this. Yeah. We got Just, some of this is insurance backs. Some of this is a guy that you might need this week. Some of them is a little bit of both, to be honest. I would say two. it's more. Yeah. I think to me, it's like, we mentioned Zamir White. That would be a different category because it sounds like there's at least a chance that Josh Jacobs misses on Thursday night. Ty Chandler to a degree as well, who we mentioned. But guys yep. like the aforementioned Chase Brown, who if something happens to Joe Mixon, we now know who the next man up is and that he's a good player That's as good. well. He was awesome at Illinois in college. Rico Dowdle, who has been good for the Cowboys, even with Tony Pollard. If Tony Pollard's out, easy breezy right there. And then Kareem Hunt, available in 53% of leagues, if something happens to Jerome Ford, it would be the Kareem Hunt slash Pierre Strong show in Cleveland. I feel like Hunt probably has shown the least in terms of like juice amongst these guys that we have uh, talked about so far, but the role could be very, very good. So I think it's very valuable right now to be ensuring your top running back. You should be familiar with pretty much the backup on every roster by now and consider several of them because there's not a lot of like, a backup quarterback has some value, but it might have zero value for the rest of the season. All right. those wide receivers you've been clinging on to may not have that much value. You can be smart because every week is an elimination week from here on out. By the way, not an insurance back, but, and I have no idea how much he's rostered. I'm just thinking of this now, but Zeke Elliott. Yeah, he's been like, awesome. He's now he, past it, but. Has oh. he passed it? Because After, I was yeah. going to say, if he's still around. 
Yeah, he jumped in your league, 27% like, ah, after everything. He's now rostered in 61% of leagues. So it's still still check. Still available. Did still you know worth a check. that Ezekiel Elliott is the highest scoring running back <laughs> in the league this past week? That's crazy. First I time. It. I mean, he was 27 he, fantasy The volume plays. was a ton. Yeah. Yep. Hey, and we mentioned it earlier in the show, not to bury this, but Tajay Spears, still available in 63% sure, of leagues. like that like one too. Give everything, mm-hmm. especially as an insurance back, he probably should be rostered here. Totally. Yep. Let's talk about a couple of tight ends field when you're looking at someone. Isaiah Likely. Likely to be out of my leagues this week. Yeah, yeah, he's been good. Back-to-back games. And I'm happy for Isaiah Likely that he's sort of settled into the sort of the middle of where he was last year mm-hmm. and where he was this year early in the season, right? He had two games filling in for Mark Andrews this year, turned it into one catch. Last year, he was awesome. He's been solid so far. At a big, long touchdown this past Sunday, 54-yard score for Isaiah Likely. Underscores how athletic this player is. He's won. We talked about Dawson Knox. If Dalton Kincaid is out, Knox would be a more valuable player and what could be a shootout on Sunday in Buffalo. And then Davis Allen. This is kind of a deep cut here. Uh, Tyler Higby's been banged up for the Rams. Meanwhile, Hunter Long is going to be out for the year with an MCL injury. Allen, fifth-round pick out of Clemson. Well, good this past weekend. He's available in 100% of leagues. That seems like all of them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Other than maybe his family league. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. He looked really good this Sunday. He did. Yeah, good player. Good prospect. Yep, totally. When you're looking at defenses field, I know you talked about it with the Rams. We're kind of like looking ahead towards the entirety of the fantasy playoffs. If yep. you just need someone here specifically in week 15, is there a defense that you like more than the rest? A lot of good options here. And the first two are probably going to be hard to find. But, uh, you know, the Chiefs play the Patriots on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The Saints play the Giants on Sunday. Two defenses that are available in under 40% of leagues, but worth a look. Ones that are available in 50% or more. Falcons, pretty steady on defense this year. Bengals against the Vikings with how the Vikings played this past weekend. And then the Raiders play the Chargers on Thursday night, potentially without, or most likely without Justin Herbert. And they've been good. I mean, the Raiders defense has been a story over the past month and a half. Uh, they've played much, much better. Yeah, Raiders are going to get Easton stick when you look at what the Falcons, I mean, honestly, any team, and I feel bad saying this, any team playing like Bryce Young and the Panthers right now feels like a defense that you should consider. Starting. You're thinking about it every oh. single week. I know it's stuff. Been tough. I, uh, it's been the, tough. I think the, the bears are pretty much all but assured that that number one pick from the uh, Panthers is going to be at worst number five. And obviously much more likely to be number one overall. Number one. Crazy. That is brutal. All right, really quickly, Field, I'm going to put you on the spot here. When you're looking back at the entirety of the waiver wire, if there was one guy that you needed in week 15, just a flex play, is there one guy that you think, this is the guy you got to be adding for this week? Uh, For this week, it's a quarterback. It's Matthew Stafford, but it's also Samir White. Okay. Because if he does start, I know it's, I, I mentioned how there's a mental side of it that like if he starts and he doesn't play great and you have to sit on it until Saturday games begin at 1 p.m., that sort of stinks. But you might have a starting running back and a game that could be very low scoring. Yeah. Yep. That's very fair. All right. That's it for the waiver wire guys. Do we talk about our veterans league? Real yes, quick? we yes. should. Yes. Pay it off here, Daniel. Cause yeah, the we, playoffs are upon us. Playoffs. Playoffs. We're trying yeah. to win a game. We have the veterans league playoffs here. Congratulations to all the veterans that made 75, the playoffs. Yeah. 75 of them. So awesome. Yeah. Keep it locked into our socials. And tomorrow on the show, we're going to have an update. So uh, ways that you can keep track of all of these different playoff matchups, but this was very fun to have so many different veterans leagues going against each other. Now we are taking the, top of all of those leagues kind of like scott fishbowl and they are yeah. all going to go into another pool to play against each other so congratulations and a shout out to all the veterans that have joined us we will have a little bit more for you guys tomorrow on the show but this was a very fun year being able to play against everybody totally yeah. 
We totally. appreciate all of you who participated. Thank you so much. I was merely a participant. Most of the people in my <laughs> league just kicked my butt. <laughs> so shout out to all of you. TJ Doppelganger from my league had a monster season, 12 and two, just a wow. behemoth team. He's going to be a strong contender uh, once the playoffs begin. And uh, we will continue to update people about that playoff because it's sort of a funky format, but keep playing out your league. We're going to, despite the fact that it's tournament style, like Daniel mentioned, Scott Fishbowl style, keep playing within your league as well. And I'll just wrap here actually is like in general, if you have something to play for Daniel, I am a, an advocate of continuing to add on the waiver wire. Yep. Right. So like if your league says the teams that don't make the playoffs, but the highest score in weeks 15 through 17 gets money back or whatever, it's totally fair game to continue to add on the waiver wire. If you have nothing to play for, set the rest of it out. Yep. Let those that have something to play for continue to hack away on that waiver wire. I think that makes sense. I'm with you on that one. I think that is a fairly Agreed. big debate that some people have, though, because some people, a person who works on this show included, not me, feels like when you pay your money potentially to be able to get into a fantasy league, like I should be able to add guys all the way up until the very end. This is part of it. So we have a little bit of a back and forth. I agree more with your side of things, though. I do want to say that feeling. I'm on yeah. the right side of history. It feels good. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right, Stefania Bell, I want to close this out with something very special from you. You yeah. have a big piece coming out that I want you to tell us about a new E60 piece that you have done. Yes, E60. Chris Weidman, The Return, is coming out on Sunday night. It will premiere on ESPN at 8.30 p.m. and be available on ESPN Plus immediately after that for streaming. Uh, we spent two years with Chris wow. Weidman, uh, UFC fighter who had a terrible injury in the octagon back in April of 2021. And I think most people assumed he would never fight again. And we chronicled his comeback for two years. And now we're very excited to bring it to you. It's pretty special. He's an amazing human being, as is the rest of his family. Can't wait for you to see it. It's a great story about determination and faith and belief in yourself. Heck yeah. Love that. We are going to play that to end the show. Field Stefania. A trailer. Not the, trailer. Entire, not the entire yeah. thing. So We're going to play a trailer of it. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. Good to be it back. Great to, to see guys. both of you. We'll be back tomorrow. Field you, me, and Mike talking about our week, week 15, 15 rankings. Let's go. That's right. But for now, we're going to leave you with an E60 trailer. Check it out and follow Stefania on the X at Stefania underscore ESPN. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Wildhaw! My leg split in half. It's the most catastrophic injury, hands down. Were they going to amputate his leg? You don't know the totality of the recovery. Chris had every complication. Did you think about walking away? E60 presents Chris Weidman, The Return. Sunday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Same day streaming on ESPN+. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skill are highly in demand. She's our Bay Area lady out there hustling for us with advice that we really trust. She's our Bay Area lady always there to help.
Cone. She's your favorite gal. She's the fun you pick. 